the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Usually, until we repent, God allows us to stew in our sin. Oh, it's a miserable thing. And then there are times that God will step in in spite of that sin because of the promise He's made to us in grace. We'll talk about that today on Way of Grace. Abraham lies. Abraham is scheming to save his own hide, even at possibly the expense of his wife. You see, there's a problem. In the midst of this lie that Abraham has given to King Abimelech here in Genesis chapter 20, there is an eternal ramification that God needs to step in and protect, and he does just that. That's the focus of our time this week on Way of Grace from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Welcome to the program. Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stan, shall we? As we take a look at Genesis chapter 20 and verse 14 through chapter 21 and verse 7. Genesis chapter 20, we are dealing with an epic event in the life of God's servant, Abraham. We have been working on our New Year's theme, which is what, ladies and gentlemen? Integrity. Integrity, which we have defined and described as that which constitutes wholeness or completion or fullness and maturity. It really is about the kind of harmony and unity that is a consequence of everything being integrated and working as it ought to be. As a verb, integrity means to actually start something and what? Finish it. So when we deal with integrity, we are dealing with the idea of a set of character traits that operate according to design for the very purpose of fulfilling that for which God made us. And integrity really, as we are learning, is an attribute of God and it's manifested in what God does. God really is the believer's integrity. And so our, our theme comes from Proverbs 11, verse what? Three, part A. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. That promise there is what we will nurture and develop and cultivate and dive into and learn about for the rest of this year. And we will see that principle being applied everywhere there are people of God in the Bible who are submitting to God's will and working with God as God leads them to their destiny. Integrity, therefore, is the process by which purpose is fulfilled. We learned that in the DOG, did we not, ladies? What is purpose? It's integrity in process. And when we talk about integrity for the people of God, I just want to remind you that integrity is not about you being perfect or you being impeccable or you not making mistakes. 
Are you not missing the mark sometime? But rather, integrity is about the process by which God conforms us to the image of Christ as a consequence of his interaction with us on our journey. Therefore, integrity is really a project of construction on the part of God to work with us as we are while he develops us into what he wants us to be. This is what you see in the Bible with men and women of faith. I'm going to be launching from what you heard this morning around the walk of faith, the concept of faith, the life of faith for the believer. Now, if you're on the outside of a walk with God, you really can't understand why God does what God does in the life of his people. When you're on the outside of a walk of God, you can never interpret correctly why God acts the way he does, particularly in light of why God's people act the way they do. You have to actually be inside the covenant framework of God's plans and decrees and objectives to know why God does a thing the way he does, particularly in regards to how his people act. I'm going to make it a little bit simpler, and then we're going to press into our study, and I hope you get it. Um, unless you're part of the family, you don't know why the family members are as crazy as they are. And you can't understand why daddy does what he does in relationship to his crazy children. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant. Everybody on the outside of the family will charge God with folly. And everybody on the outside of the family will say, I wouldn't have kids like that for nothing in the world. But the only way you talk like that is if you've never had children. God has had children from the beginning of time. And God knows his children. He knew them before he had them. He called us transgressors from the womb. That's what he said. Now, I've known you from the beginning. Now, it needs to be understood that what's going on in our narrative is really a family affair based upon a covenant relationship between God, Abraham, and Sarah that unless you understand that covenant, you can't understand why Abraham and Sarah have done the same thing twice with the same outcome that results ultimately in the will of God getting done. But let me help you with a few principles. When you are a child of God and God is your father, his main operation in your life is to bring about his will through you. And what that means for God is that he will never deal with you according to your sins. He will always deal with you according to his own purpose and grace in Jesus Christ. For as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor has he dealt with us according to our iniquities. Is that true, saints? See, every child of God knows that deep down in his heart, every day of his life, Father still is good to me in spite of the way I behave. Am I making some sense? Now, the only reason that don't make sense is because you're not part of the family. See, if you're part of the family, you know God is a merciful God. And you know God is like 10 steps way ahead of you. He knows you're going to clown. And he's going to work on your clowning to get himself glory. And while he does it, Everybody else in the world around you is going to know that you are his child. 
That's how amazing God is with us. I was thinking about how God dealt with Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 18. You don't have to go there, but God had come down uh, with uh, himself and two angels, a sort of a, 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 a theophany, if you will, the Lord Jesus, two angels uh, in preparation to deal with uh, Abraham's crazy nephew. What's his name? Who down the street is just clowning as he could do. Saved as anybody is saved. The Bible calls him a righteous man, a just man, clowning. And God's getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But before he does, he comes over to Abraham's house to have lunch. Now, I want you to think about that with me. If you've got time, do you have time today? I want to show you why it's important for you to really know God in a saving way in the mercy that comes through Christ, because it's about relationship with God that's going to explain why God is the way he is with you and I. It's about relationship. So God decides to take a detour to Abraham's house, and he knows that when Abraham sees him, for the Lord had appeared unto Abraham in the plains of Mamre, he knows that Abraham's going to open his house up wide to the Lord and going to rush to show hospitality to the Lord and going to sit him down and treat the Lord like a king and like a prince and his friends with royal favor because that's what the people of God do when family comes over. When family comes over. And during that conversation that, that the Lord has with Abraham, he lets Abraham know two things. I got to, I got to, I got to keep Lot moving. Remember, that's what he said. I got to go on down there and I'm going to send you, I'm, your nephew going to be safe, but it's going to be a little rough down there, okay? And Abraham prays, Lord, if there be 50 righteous, will you spare the place? And Lord says, absolutely, I'm a merciful God. And Abraham said, they fool now. They didn't ate real good. I'm going to go ahead on and step up and ask one more time. Now, Lord, I just want to ask you one more time. If there's 45, and the Lord says, yeah, if it's 45, if it's far less than 50, I'll do it. I'm a merciful God. That's who I am. That's my name. Haven't we learned that? The Lord, the Lord God, the Lord God gracious and merciful and long-suffering. That's his attribute. You can easily find the mercy of God if you want to. And Abraham scratched his head and said, okay, 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 okay. Lord, don't, don't, I'm not trying to be irreverent, but is it all right if there's only 30 righteous the Lord says, yeah, if you can find 30 people in Sodom and Gomorrah, I'll leave it alone. It, this is how God works with his friends, with his friends. You don't hear God talking to other people like this at all. And you don't hear people talking to God like this much at all. So Abraham said, I'm going to push this thing because God's giving me some room. But he does it reverently. He says, Lord, uh, how about if there's 20? The Lord says, yeah, Abraham, 20 will work. Show me 20 righteous people in Sodom. I'll leave it alone. See, you're getting insights into God right now. The reason why our world is not destroyed is because our God is merciful. And the reason why he's showing mercy is because there are at least 20 righteous people in the world today. And Ray Abraham says, you know, the Lord don't be visiting me like this that much. So I'm going to just exhaust the value of my relationship here because Abraham is stuck in between loving God and loving Lot, which is the way we should be. If you're going to be in any twix, be in a twix of love. 
like Paul was. Paul says, for me to depart and go be with Christ is far better. But for me to remain here with you is needful. That's the kind of twix we want to be in, a twix of love, where I love God and I love you. And if I have to stay here to be with you, then I want to do that too. Am I making sense? But see, only family talks like this. You won't get this if you're not family. Only family talks to God like this. And, 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 and God uh, yielded to Abraham's plea that if there were 10 righteous. Now, Abraham wasn't going to go Lord in that. God says, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And God left. That's the title of our message. Will thou destroy a righteous nation? Y'all see it? Wilt thou destroy a righteous nation? Now, another point that I want to make here around the conversation that Abraham had before we go into our text deeply is this. As Abraham and, and, and the Lord are about to consummate their lunch together, Sarah's over in the other tent with the women. That's your basic structure of the nomadic people, women with women, men with men. And uh, God tells Abraham, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, Abraham, it's time. This set time next year, Sarah's going to have a son. It's, it's going to happen. Abraham rejoices because back in chapter 17, he laughed. Now, Sarah has always been over by the tent door like this all alone. Now, sisters, don't tell me y'all don't do that. Right. And, and uh, so she, she heard the Lord. She heard the Lord say her name because she had heard. 24 years earlier that Abraham was going to have a son. But she didn't hear her name. It was plausible 25 years ago. Remember how she helped out a little bit? We're going to get this done. We do this. Me and Abraham are living large. We do this. We got servants and we're going to let Hagar handle that business. We're going to have a son because she loved her some Abraham. Sarah loved her some Abraham like nobody's business. And Abraham loved him some Sarah like nobody's business. And they both loved God. And they thought after about 13 years, they better help God. Have you ever done that? We're going to help God. I'm just kind of giving you a little background. So here we are, chapter 18, because this is how God piecemeals revelation when you walk with him by faith. He doesn't show you the whole thing up front. Or else you're not walking by faith, one foot in front of the other. So he lets Abraham know, and Abraham has to wrestle with that revelation while it takes 25 years for God's will to be fulfilled in his life. He only partially lets Sarah know, but now Sarah finds out, according to chapter 18, when she heard her name, you know how old Sarah was? Sarah was 89 years old. She laughed. Didn't she laugh? An old chick like me. And this is what I love about God. God said to Sarah, what you laughing at? <laughs> this is me, girl. Is there anything too hard for me to do? Sarah said, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. I love the way God leaves the narrative. Are you ready? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. 
Please walk with me this way. Understand how God humbles and condescends to communicate with us where we are. He is not like the God we often project and put out there, this sterile, aloof God that doesn't have the time for our peculiarities and our picadillos and our weaknesses and flaws. God's so concerned about who we are, he will check us on little bitty lies. She lied, she lied to God, didn't she? God said, girl, you, you did laugh. That's the way the narrative ends. Because God loves his people. So he moves on and does what he does, and we are in our narrative now. Now, there's a couple of ways. Let's look at our first point. There's a couple of ways for us to deal with our text. I said, let me nurture this because I want to make sure you get it today. I do know that gospel truth redemptive realities that emerge up out of the text of scripture really require discipline, do they not? Because we can see the horizontal narrative and totally miss the vertical reality. Is that true? And therefore, you and I have to be disciplined to have the lens and prism of faith and understand that this book is not about us. It's about who? Christ. And without us comprehending the gospel and the narrative, we will be asking all kind of crazy questions about how God deals with his people. You got people who don't come to God because they don't have their questions answered. Why? Why, God, would you allow Joseph to go through all that Joseph went through on his way to Egypt before you gloriously exalted him? Or why, why, God, would you allow Sister Hannah to go through all of that embarrassment and conflict and warfare and her barrenness before you gloriously caused her to conceive Samuel? Or why, why, Lord, would you allow the children of Israel to have to be in bondage all that time in Egypt before you with a high hand and a mighty arm got glory to yourself in bringing them out of Egypt? Or why did you let Job go through all of that hell? What was that about, God? You told us he was a perfect man and upright. He was a man of integrity, and you let him lose his home, his family, and everything before you gloriously redeemed him. Y'all see the trend? Do you see the trend? Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Or why did you even let Adam and Eve fall the way they did? I mean, if you, if you didn't really like what was going to happen, you could have kept it from happening before you gloriously covered them in the righteousness of Christ and secured them as triumphant over the devil as you did in what we call the proto-evangel. Why, why, why? Here's the key, ladies and gentlemen. The key to everything in the scriptures is Jesus Christ. Lo, I come in the volume of the book is written of me. And I told you when you're dealing with the Genesis narrative, you're dealing with the what? Seed. You're dealing with the seed. If you don't keep up with the seed, you're going to miss God's purpose altogether. You will mark how the last verse of Genesis chapter 20 goes. Look at Genesis 20. Look at the last verse. Let me help you. Go there now as we get ready to deal with our point. In Genesis 20, the last verse, will you notice, and I stated this last week, if you get stuck on Abraham, you're going to be in trouble. If you get stuck on Abimelech, you're going to be in trouble. If you get stuck on anybody other than God, you're going to be in trouble. And here's what the narrative said in Genesis chapter 20, verse 18. Are you there? For the Lord hath fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech. Here it is. Because of Sarah. Do you see it? Because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. 
Now you understand here that at the nexus, at the heart of what God was doing was his girl, his girl, his girl is Sarah. All this is about Sarah because Sarah is the one that we learned last week is already with child. What's his name? Isaac. But see, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his glory. Does God work in the integrity of mystery? Does he deal with us where he leads us in ways but doesn't show us everything? Can God impregnate his people with a plan and a purpose that nobody knows? And while they're walking in ways that can be questionable about their faith, God still keep them and bring to pass his fulfillment in their life. Can God do that? He does it all the time. And that's what's going on in our narrative. He does it all the time. God's pregnant with purpose all the time. He's bringing about plans all the time. He's working in somebody's life that you don't know all the time. Keeping them, guarding them, preserving them, bringing to pass his will in their lives all the time. For the Lord, has, he had basic, this is really interesting. Let me get at this. So when we deal with point number one, wilt thou destroy a righteous nation? This was the first time that God had come to this pagan king in such an, a deep and profound and personal way. He had come to this pagan king in a dream, right? According to verse 1 and 2. The real, true, and the living God has showed up in the life of this pagan king. And all he said was one Hebrew word. Do you know what that is? Dead. Dead. One Hebrew word. Look at it in Genesis 20, verse 2. In Genesis 20, verse 2, verse 3, sorry. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said unto him, you have it in your English version, behold, you are a what? Literally is one Hebrew word. (laughs) You ready? Dead. That'll wake me up in the middle of the night. Wouldn't it wake you up? Here we have a fundamental principle of the gospel, a fundamental truth that everyone must grasp. That until you are right with Jesus Christ and right with God the Father and vitally quickened by God the Holy Ghost, your condition before God is dead. You are dead. You and I are dead men and women. God did not come to Abimelech saying, smile, I have a wonderful plan for your life. He didn't come to Abimelech saying, Abimelech, I love you. He came to Abimelech, letting him know his true condition. Not only the condition of Abimelech, but Abimelech's whole house. This is theological truth, ladies and gentlemen, concerning the whole world. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. We are all dead in trespasses and sins. Would you agree? So if God's going to ever save you, he must let you know your condition first. Boy, I'll tell you what. Do you know how quick that boy Abimelech moved into obedience to God upon that, that notification? You wiped out, your wife wiped out, the whole of the, your whole family is dead. That boy moved quick, didn't he? And I pray some point in our church history that we would get back to preaching the gospel and letting men and women know that they are actually dead in trespasses and sins and not give them the false assumption that they're all right with God because they're breathing. You are not all right with God because you're breathing. You're not all right with God because you tip your hat from Sunday to Sunday. You're only all right when the God who declares you dead raises you from the dead because of his son, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the gospel. Am I making some sense? 
Well, time permits us to go no further. You have been listening to Way of Grace, the daily radio ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, featuring our teacher and pastor, Pastor Jessica Stand. It is our prayer as we come to you daily on this broadcast that you're growing in grace, that you're growing in your love and adoration of Jesus Christ. That's the goal and the intent here at Way of Grace, that we might understand the amazing love of God in Christ. If you would like to obtain a copy of today's program, you've got a couple of ways you can do that. CDs are $5. Simply call or write to us and we'll send one to you. Or if you're internet savvy, simply stop by our website and you can download the audio file in MP3 version and that one's free. Grace-Bible.com is our website. That's Grace-Bible.com. And again, If you're willing to write to us or contact us by phone, if you would like the CD, simply do so at 510-886-9782. Again, that phone number is 510-886-9782. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street. That's here in Hayward. The zip code, 94541. And again, remember, the CD is $5 or simply stop by grace-bible.com and download the MP3 version for free. We would also invite you to join us for worship here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Sunday services are at 11 a.m., Sunday schools at 10 a.m. And don't forget, from a variety of churches and from all over the Bay Area, we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word Friday evenings here at Grace Bible Church at 8 p.m. For the directions and the details, simply go to our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or call 510-886-9782. Also, as the Lord leads, we're able to come to you here on KFAX in part through your financial and prayerful involvement with this ministry. Now, while it's free for you to listen to, it does incur a cost on our end, and we look to the Lord for his gracious provision. And if you would like to participate in that, then please do get a hold of us. Any donation, no matter how big or small, is greatly appreciated here at Way of Grace. 510-886-9782 is our phone number. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.